sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Diamond Bets. My name's Matt. His name is Joe. We come your way each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Thank you so much for joining us here at the top of the hour. And of course, a special thank you to everyone out there at Sirius XM. All right, Mr. Pizapia, you are the mind that has brought the world the Black Book series. The way of looking at and wagering on sports has completely changed because of you. So I'm going to start to make a little bit of a tea with you here. All right, mm. so let's begin. Jacob deGrom is very good. Add that in. Mm. Carlos Rodon is resurging. Let's start to boil the water. Corbin Burns is going to sit down for a little while. Let's take our spoon out, maybe some milk. Begin, sir. (laughs) That's great. I mean, what more could you want? You have a little tea with us, a little coffee. It it works for me. But, yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how – Matt Harvey has more wins than Jacob DeGrom right now. I, I don't I don't know how that's possible, but it is. And let's start there because Jacob DeGrom is having an all-world MVP kind of a season. That's right. I said MVP, not just Cy Young. And he still can't buy any victories. It is just so mm. frustrating. I feel like I want to, you know, send this guy a card or I don't know, some sort of a pick-me-up thing. I, I feel terrible. I don't know. What do you send for the man who has no offense? I don't know. I don't know what you buy for him. But hopefully we get him something, maybe runs. That's what we get. But Carlos Rodon is definitely one of these stories early on in baseball, Matt, that deserves a lot of talk because this career was left for dead. And once upon a time, he was the third overall pick in the draft. And once upon a time, he was a can't-miss prospect that was going to be the anchor of this rotation. And nobody expected him to be that guy for the White Sox this year except Carlos Rodon, and I want to give him great credit. Eventually, there's going to be some sort of regression. You're not going to pitch to an ERA under two all year. I don't think that's going to happen. But still, you have to marvel at what this guy's done, what he's been able to do physically, get himself in the right frame of mind mentally to perform the way he has because he has been as good as anybody this month, and so is Corbin Burns. And unfortunately, he's not going to make his start this week because of COVID. Adam Wainwright went on the COVID IL as well this week. So some ups and some downs in the pitching world. There's no doubt about that. But there's also more to get to also with Matthew Boyd, who's going to miss more time with his left knee tendonitis. Now, that's not a good thing for the Tigers or for Boyd because, Matt, I think you and I would agree if you're looking at the pitching landscape of guys you can get traded, John Means probably at the top of the list. Matthew Boyd is probably in that top five, right, where the Tigers could get a haul for him, hopefully, because he had pitched okay so far to start the year. This kind of puts a little wrinkle in that. So he needs to get healthy so he can get out of there. Don't you agree? Yeah, listen, the kettle is starting to whistle. So let's grab some of (laughs) Sophie's tea from Grandma's Boy and really find out how these particular bits of information inform our wagers. You talk about Matthew Board heading to the IL. You also talk about Spencer Turnbull starting to step up in the rotation. Tariq Skubal did not have such a good outing against the Yankees. But this is another guy you want to keep your eye on, especially if you're looking at prop bets and good matchups. Casey Mize is disappointed. But with Boyd going on the IL, and yes, the talks of trade are always great, But looking at it from a betting perspective, I want to see who's filling that role. 
also with the Yankees. A lot of people have been bitten by the Yankees thus far, but now you look at a guy like Luke Voigt starting to take at bat, starting to come around here. That's something that I think is intriguing to betters as well. Bats coming back, Joe, is something that betters need to look at heading into the month of May. Yes, I would agree. In fact, you might say that some of these guys are the cream and sugar for the tea that you're making. I don't know. Just keep the theme going, my friend. (laughs) I'm trying my best to stay on track with you this morning in this whole tea thing. I want to make the leaves. I want to steep it with you and get some biscuits and some scones. Uh, But yeah, this is, look, Christian Yelich needs to get back for the Brewers in the worst way. Okay. This, this lineup is just no good without him. I'm sorry. Sorry, Brewers fans. You know it. I know it. Let's be real. We're the Kings of keeping it real. And Luke Voigt, you know, it's funny. Luke Voigt is a nice player. I think Luke Voigt had a great stretch last year. I don't want to anoint him as a star or anything like that, but him taking live at bats Thursday is a positive. Christian Yelich coming back soon is a positive. Uh, you hope you get these guys back, but I still look at that Yankee lineup and Matt, it is still really right-handed for me. Like they need to find a left-handed bat somewhere in that lineup for my taste. I just, I think they need something else in there to break it up. That's just me. I know anybody in that, well, in that lineup could go yard at any moment. I get that. Also, good news yesterday, some signs of life from George Springer, right? Two dingers from yeah. George. He had missed most of the month of April, which is probably good long-term because we know those obliques, they tend to linger. Next thing you know, you push too soon. Oh, you have another problem. And he had the setback with the quad. Ugh. And Wander Franco, the number one prospect in baseball, starting at AAA. Keep an eye on that. I don't think it's going to take too long for him to get up there. I think this is a year you're going to see Wander Franco. You probably would have saw him mm-hmm. last year, but there was no reason to do it. 60-game season, although you could argue it would be nice to have some more offense there. And I think the Rays bringing him up, he might not play shortstop, Matt. There's a chance that he could move to second or third or somebody might move yeah. around there. So keep an eye on that yeah. as well. He's going to – and where he's playing at AAA too. Is he playing shortstop every day? Is he playing a little third base? But, look, we need the, we need Christian Yelich to come back, don't you think? Like we're missing another one of our stars in the game. Yeah, again, if you're looking at it from a wagering perspective and you've been riding Milwaukee, you're doing just fine. But for Yelich to come back, it certainly gives you a little more juice in the game. But you mentioned George Springer, and then you kind of moved away from it. I'm hoping that's what the public does as well, because George Springer, to me, changes this lineup, changes all of the bats around him, changes all of the numbers when you look at just an overall wagering perspective for this ball club. George Springer changes a lot, and he trends a lot. So I'm hopeful I can get on him and our viewers and listeners can get on him before everyone else comes to the party and puts their hands in the chips. Ugh. <laughs> oh, gross. Nobody's double dipping <laughs> you there. double dip the chip. There it, it is. Doubled. You no double dip the chip. Look, we got a lot of great baseball this hour. We've got some important questions we're going to answer. we got some FanDuel investments, which we've been on fire with the last few weeks here. And, of course, we come back. We're going to look ahead to the matchups that have our eyes. So stick around. We're just getting started. We'll be right back after this quick break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets. My name's Matt. His name is Joe. We hope the weather is nice wherever you are. Looking ahead, Joe, just as an investor, the week that's coming in Major League Baseball, there's plenty of opportunity to win money here. So let's start at the top at the obvious and then work our way down. Yeah, sometimes obvious is good, right? Let's start with this old Yankees and Astros series because um, the Astros are starting to get healthier. You see Altuve come back. He hasn't really hit much yeah. since he came back yesterday, showed some signs of life. That's good. Alvarez being back in the lineup this weekend, also good. He was out of the lineup for a short period of time. So the Astros have been this weird turnstile in the month of April, and I think they're happy to turn the page to May. If there's any team that's happy to do that too, it's the Yankees, right? So from this perspective, you've got Granke versus Herman. Then you've got Garcia, Montgomery, and Cole and McCullers. Now, there's definitely a favor for the Cole game because it's Garrett Cole and he's pitched fantastic. And is, even though McCullers has been better recently, the Yankees are going to be big favorites in that game. They probably should be. It's in Yankee Stadium. All that is true. The thing here that I want to bring up is the X factor, which is this is the first time the Astros are going to travel to New York where there's going to be a crowd in New York. And let's not forget – They've had this circled, right? All the fans have had this circled. It may not be, you know, 50,000 people in the ballpark, but the people who are coming out there are going to be ready to boo and ready to scream and ready to do all their (laughs) Astro stuff. They've been waiting for this for a very, very long time. So this is the first time this is happening. And I think it's important to kind of bring that up and say, hey, look, the Astros are coming into New York. Now, the question is, Matt, in your opinion, does this fire up the Astros? Because sometimes the last thing you want to do is poke the bear. Or do you think this is really a negative where they're continuously dealing with this mental strain of the crowds coming at them and people throwing things at them and the signs and the trash cans and all this stuff? Because that is going to be a factor in this game more than maybe people realize. And I think from a wagering standpoint, we have to kind of take that into effect. So is it more of an effect for them in that first game where Granky's on the mound and is he exactly the guy you want on the mound who's not going to get shaken (laughs) in that stance? Well, you know, that's true. He doesn't. Yep. And Granky has shown, you know, his, his mental issues in a good way and a bad way throughout his career. But you, you made a very interesting point. Uh, think about having so many people cooped up coming to the Bronx. It's going to be unseasonably warm that night. If you don't think that they are coming out to try to rattle this ball club, then you're crazy. It's a great point to to keep in mind. But looking at it again, just removing all the emotion, I think the Yankees' arms are lined up very nicely for this series. They go Herman Montgomery and then Cole. And I think you could really find some interesting first five inning plays here. You could find some interesting props as well. And as you mentioned, that that opening night of the series, it, it is supposed to be warm here in New York in the Bronx. So I'm going to be intrigued to see what kind of props I can get there. Look at some batter versus pitcher numbers. See how certain guys do against Granky's mm-hmm. pitch mix and try to jump on. I think Montgomery in that second game is the one I'm circling too because I like what I've seen out of Montgomery. I know the stats yeah. have been a little up and down, but physically he looks he looks good on the mound. And I think it's just a matter of time for this guy. And this is important for Herman too because it's one thing to be good against yes. the Orioles. It's another thing to be good against the Astros. So I think that first game too, I'm sure the Yankees are going to be favored. But I kind of like that Zach Granke side. Once again, anybody else in that mound? I don't know. But Zach Granke just tunes it out. Zach Granke just doesn't care. He doesn't care about your fantasy team. He doesn't care about your wager. He doesn't care about booing. He doesn't care. Zach Granke is Zach Granke. That's the beautiful thing about Zach Granke. All right, let's talk about the Brewers and Marlins, too. Because you got to hope at this point that by the time you get later into the Brewers series that you are going to have Corbin Burns back yes. and healthy pitching in it. 
Um, but you've also got Rodgers, and and we talked about last week. Uh, we wrote a love letter to Trevor Rodgers, how good he was, and we talked about him and what kind of investment he is, and how it's such an uncomfortable at bat against left-handed hitters, right? And what did we what did we see this past week? All the lefties opted out of that game. There was a, it was a straight right-handed batting lineup. No lefty wanted any part of this guy. And then you've got Lauer, who pitched pretty well in his last outing against the Dodgers. So this is a fascinating spot here because the Brewers have pitched. It's whether or not they can get any offense. And they're catching a break here because they are not facing Alcantara. They're not oh, wow. facing Pablo Lopez. The rest of these pitchers out there, they're only getting Trevor Rogers, which is enough. <clears throat> but these are opportunities here, I think, where the Brewers could take two of three. And I'm talking about that first game and that third game in the pitching matchups. And if they could just keep pace in that other game, maybe they could even sweep. But once again, it's Rogers have been so good. You almost kind of have to invest heavily on the favorite. That's a guy that I think still people are not investing on like they should. He is dominant. He's not Randy Johnson, but I'm telling you right now, this is not a fun day at the office for left-handed hitters. And this Brewers team strikes out a ton. That is a bad combination, even if Yelich does come back in time. So what are your thoughts on this series here for the Miami Marlins and the Milwaukee Brewers? So great points on the first two games, circle them and then, sadly throw them away because they won't tell you what you truly need to know about this Brewers team. Now we talked about it earlier about certain guys just not being able to do what they were brought in to do. Other guys, stars not being healthy. Look at game three though, because game three is going to tell you who the Brewers are moving forward. And if you're looking for that diamond bet and everyone else is looking elsewhere, you might find some value there. Also, keep in mind that there is value with the Marlins' arms. And if you have a struggling Brewers offense, that May 8th game, circle that because you might find a nice prop behind Rogers' arm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, that, if I set that K prop at 8 for him, I would go over. Where would you go? Yeah, it's not going to be. It'll be 8.5 because that's just what they do. They're smart. But, yeah, 8 is fine for me, and I, I would be on that. I'll not still go over. How's that? Obviously. Fine, fair enough. You know, depending on what the what the juice is, though. Yeah, well, the juice is going to be worth the squeeze there. I'm telling you, this kid. Woo! Well, my goodness, when the lefties start opting out of games, that's how you know a pitcher is good. That's what you know yeah. because the guys want when to John compete, Cruck right? turns around and comes up with a batting helmet, right. you know someone. Remember, good. yeah, remember when Larry Walker was like, you know what? I mean, Larry Walker is in the Hall of Fame. And Larry Walker was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not hitting against this guy. I'm not going to do it. Okay, let's not forget. All right, let's go to this last series we got our eyes on, and it's Tampa on the road against the Oakland A's. Now, Oakland had this incredible stretch, right? But just like gravity, everything that goes up must come down, and we're seeing all of a sudden it start to correct a little bit, and you see them starting to you know, look a little bit more human. Now, the interesting part is, You've got two really good uh, pitchers going to open this series for the A's. You've got Sean Manaya, who's been very good, and then Montas, who's been up and down. The Montas game is a fascinating one because this is kind of the pivotal moment in that series. Rich Hill pitches on Sunday. His last outing, all of a sudden, the strikeout started to pop, so maybe Rich Hill is starting to feel good. He was a little behind in spring training. Maybe he is starting to feel more like himself, and Montas has been kind of an enigma. You know, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And the Rays will continue to manage these pitchers, go through. I mean, Fleming seems like just a guy to me, but the way they go through these bullpens is fascinating. And the way if Matt Olson's still not back in this lineup, if Chapman continues to struggle, if Loriano continues to struggle, although showing signs of life this weekend, this might be a fascinating thing where the A's are home favorites, 
But as we've talked about, the Road Dogs and the Rays might be the team to be on the wagering side. What are your thoughts here on Rays A's? Well, when I look at the A's and I see that they go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, very, very well, even all the way down through their bullpen, actually, they have options across the board. So when I'm looking at it from a wagering point of view, and I'm looking at it from a FanDuel point of view, and I'm building lineups, I'm obviously going to look at my splits. I really want to find where I can take advantage of, of what I know to be true not some of these other factors that I can't control. And I think that's incredibly important, especially when you look at FanDuel, you look at trends, you look at pricing, you look at how you're going to try to just find that diamond bet. How am I going to be different than everyone else? Give me the strength, God, to control the things that I can and the things <laughs> that I can't, the strength to accept them. There you go. That's e- now, I mean, this is this is usually stuff that comes out of Matt's mouth. I don't know what happened. This is what happens <laughs> when you spend too much time with your friends. You start to sound like them, and I don't know. I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board this week. But we come back. we got a lot of FanDuel stuff to talk about. Like I said, we've been crushing it in the month of April with some of these picks being ahead of the curve on some of these players that have played very well, but maybe the, the salary isn't quite what it should be. We talked about Rodgers, Molly, all these guys in the last couple of weeks. Who are those guys coming up? We'll tell you this week. Plus, a little bit of wagering talk, too. Some lines that are moving. We'll tell you what to do with them. We'll be right back for more Diamond Bets on Sports Group. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, crack of the bat can only mean one thing. Welcome back into Diamond Bets. Quick reminder, we come your way each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time across all sports grid platforms. Special hello and thank you to all of our friends over at Sirius XM. Now, folks, before we came in, we almost caught my friend Joe Pizapia singing. He is just so excited. I don't want to get into copyright infringement, but he was singing a song about money. Evidently, Joe, you're doing very well this season, and part of it, is about how you are able to analyze these FanDuel trends, man. So lay it on us and maybe give us a couple of bars if you want. The best things in life are free, but you could give them to the birds and the bees, Maddie. I want money. Let's go. Let's get some FanDuel going here. And let's start with uh, Byron Buxton for AL MVP is sitting at plus 1600 right now. I just want to throw this out there. I know I'm the Otani guy for MVP, and I'm going to stay on that. But I want to acknowledge the incredible month of Byron Buxton, who also missed a few games here and there with a couple random injuries. The slash on Byron Buxton, 400, 447, 859. He's got a 1,300 OPS, eight home runs, 14 ribbies, 15 runs. Oh, and he's got three stolen bases too. So he is a fantasy juggernaut, but on top of which, he is somebody we really need to start considering for AL MVP. Now, I know what you're going to say. Joe, it's April. Joe, it's Byron Buxton. The shoe's going to drop, and when it does, it's going to cut him, and he'll be hurt, and he'll be on the IL for six months. I get it. I understand. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe, just maybe, this is the 
the corner turning for him. Maybe this is that moment where we start to look at Byron Buxton differently and the twins finally get rewarded for having faith and not giving up on a player because we have seen this happen before. Anthony Rendon comes to mind. Anthony Rendon was a player people forget very high expectations. He was in the top three overall picks, right? Had a ton of injuries, all this stuff. And you know what happened? Eventually he got right and eventually he became an MVP caliber talent. Uh, the other one I want to look at is Carlos Rodon that we talked about earlier. He is now 25 to one for AL Cy Young. And I'll tell you what, you know, he's going to get lineup support. He's going to get run support. He's pitched fantastic. Now I think for comeback player of the year, he is my number one bet right now. I don't I don't know if you could find another guy out there, Matt, that you maybe have a better story and more shares. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is definitely comeback player of the year right now. So if you can invest in that, invest in it whenever it's available on FanDuel. But 25 to 1 right now for Carlos Rodon. Yeah, Bieber, yeah, Cole. But I don't know. Do you think this media narrative can keep building for Rodon where he starts to get into this conversation a little bit more? Well, I think to your point, it has to go beyond the media narrative. It has to have the numbers to back it up. And yes, Joe, it's only May. I mean, I understand trying to get in ahead of futures and trying to lock things in, but there are certain players that just have not shown in their body of work and their sample size that they can do this. So be careful throwing your money out the window. Hold on to it. Put it on something at least where there's just more of a chance, less of an unknown. To your point about Rodon, if he can keep this up, yes, great conversation, wonderful, marvelous. Points about Buxton, the twins have to emerge. He has to be the guy that leads it. It would be nice to see. A lot of people have been waiting on it, rubbing their crystal balls and waiting. Oh, I see it. It might not happen here. It's going to happen here. Uh, if it doesn't happen now, it's not going to happen, but it's still just May. Well, it is just May, and it's just May for Freddie Freeman, and Freddie Freeman was in that MVP conversation last year, and I think he's going to be in it again. And despite the fact that the batting average is low right now, he's still got seven home runs. Freddie Freeman still hitting the cover off the ball. He's starting to get red hot, too. I'm telling you right now, Freddie Freeman, this might be your last good value on him at plus 1,800, and it is more complicated because Ronald Acuna and him play on the same team. I get that. But right now, 18 RBIs, seven home runs, and this is a down month for him with his peripherals. So keeping that in mind, Freddie Freeman somebody that you might be able to make some investments on right here before we get into a month of May where he might hit 10 home runs and all of a sudden hit 320, and then that number gets cut in half to from 18 to 9. Uh, also, I think worth talking about is the American League, the overall, you know, who's coming out of the AL on FanDuel. You got the Yankees still at plus 280. You got the Chicago White Sox at plus 450, the Astros at 9 to 1, and then the Oakland A's at plus 9, the Twins at 10, and the Toronto Blue Jays at 10. And the way the Yankees have kind of struggled here in April, I wanted to get your gauge on whether or not you thought this 280 is a good number. Is this a time to invest or is this a very difficult time to invest in the Yankees because of the uncertainty of that rotation? Yeah, Kluber started to turn things around. Herman looks like he's on the right path. But I don't know if that's enough where I see them as such a prohibitive favorite. And I look at Rodon. I look at Lance Lynn back in that rotation now again healthy. I think Giolito is just in a bad stretch. He'll be fine. I think that White Sox team at plus 450 is a really interesting wager. How do you see this board right now a month into the season? It's a great question. Now, I watched the Kentucky Derby and I saw something very interesting. I saw that the the amount of money placed on the favorite, about a third of it came from one person. If you removed about a third of that money, then the money on the favorite and the money on the second were actually the same. 
That's hmm. where it's interesting. As far as the Yankees go, listen, people are going to still throw their public money on the Yankees. And I'm not saying they're not going to be there at the end, but I'd keep an eye on the line just to see where the value is and take into consideration the public money that's, that's weighing or balancing the scales here. You want to start to look at that and think, Oakland, you mentioned, was what, 10 to 1? That's something that could be interesting if they continue to play well. Look at where the public money is going. Try to find a contrarian play, but don't ignore what you already know about baseball. The fact that the Yankees, the White Sox, to a lesser extent, the Astros as of right now, that's the cream of the crop. That's the chalk, as they say. All right. Well, speaking of uh, the chalk, let's talk a little DFS over on FanDuel because if you're playing FanDuel, you're always looking to be ahead of the curve. And last week we talked a fair amount about Christian Javier being ahead of that curve. And if you invested in him, you did all right. Also Trevor Rogers in that start, we talked about watch what happens to that lineup. And we saw what happened with that lineup, right? So that was last week. All those guys are going to be super expensive this week. Let's talk about some trends and some hitters, and then we'll get to some more pitchers too for you. Nico Horner's come up and done nothing but hit for the Cubs. He qualifies at second base. Maybe, um, look, that changes a little bit. He might get moved around the diamond. I think he's going to stick at second base, though. But what you've seen is he's been very much in that 2.8 to 3K range. But if he keeps hitting like this, it's going to pop up. And the th- reason you love Nico Horner, too, is you always get that extra at bat. You know, when he hits leadoff, you know, sometimes you get that extra AB here and there. And you love that on the big night for a Cubs offense. So the Cubs offense has been streaky, but this guy's on a, a tear right now. And Nico Horner is a good young hitter. He's one of these building blocks of the future for the Cubs. But right now, the FanDuel pricing has been very comfortable on him. It's probably going to be around three this week. It was around two seven. Two five sometimes this week. It's starting to creep up, so keep an eye on that. And another guy to keep an eye on is Nick Solak, who you and I have talked about in the last fifty at bats. He's hitting three eighty five with a twelve hundred OPS, but that price that price is right because Nick Solak looks really good right now. Nick Solak is is pretty cheap. He is also going to be somewhere in that three K range, right? And the other guy too with the New York Yankees is Glaber mm. Torres. Now Glaber Torres, we talk about this a lot, Matt. When you get a great player who all of a sudden has a bad run. And then all of a sudden everybody sours. This is the time to start investing. If you're watching Glaber Torres closely, he's hitting the ball better. He's starting to get his hits, starting to walk a little bit too. Glaber Torres is too good of a hitter to be this stone cold for a long period of time. Uh, I've seen this happen in the past with other players too. Very good players where they have a bad month and all of a sudden the price goes down and down and down. And that's when you start buying in, buying in, and getting in where he's 2.8. This is normally a player that should be around 3.5 on FanDuel. So you're getting a $700 discount. You take that discount, and it might not work on Monday or Tuesday. But by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm telling you, this is the kind of player that's going to turn things around. So Torres, along with a lot of pieces in that Yankee lineup, Urshela, the Mm -hmm. bottom of this order, Hicks, they're getting really kind of discounted right now. And I think that is a great time to actually be buying Yankees. What are your thoughts on Torres and the potential quick turnaround? Because it looks like it's starting, but the pricing hasn't caught up to it yet. So if you're listening, I'm nodding my head emphatically, and I want to give mm. a tip of the cap to for our viewers, for those watching to our graphics team, because when they threw up the Glabar graphic, it really dawned on me that you are looking at a guy on a team that the public expects to do well. And when you mentioned Nico Horner, here's a perfect example of a guy who's on a heavy negative run differential team, and yet he is a bright spot, and he is priced 200 more than the public's Glaber Torres. So Nico Horner at that number, considering where he lies in the lineup, considering all the things he provides for his team, think about it. Two second basemen, only $200 apart. 
It's a very interesting conversation about lineup building. And then it allows us to have the conversation about pitching, Joe, which, as you know, especially on FanDuel, it's the only place that matters. It's so darn important. It is most important. And we talked about Christian Javier being a dominant force. And if you're looking for somebody maybe who can give you some good quality innings and some starts too, it doesn't quite have the same strikeout rate. But in the right matchup, Jose Urquidy is a guy to keep an eye on. He is more of a pitcher, right? He's not blowing guys away. He's only got 27 strikeouts in the 34 innings. But I think as time goes on, you're going to see him get more and more comfortable. Like I said, not lighting the radar gun up or anything like that. But he hits his spots, and he's somebody who can pitch deep into games. And as this offense comes around, he's going to have some better win equity around. And the other guy is Kyle Gibson. And look, I understand. It's Kyle Gibson. I understand you've seen a lot of bad out of Kyle Gibson over the years. And he's another guy that hasn't been, you know, blowing the doors off, guys. But I'm telling you right now, Kyle Gibson's been outstanding, not good, outstanding this year. He's 3-0 with a 2-1-6 ERA. He's got a 1.14 whip, 27 strikeouts in the 33 innings. So for a team that is bad like the Rangers, right? We talked about the run differential and them not being very good. They're winning Kyle Gibson starts. And the reason they're winning Kyle Gibson starts is because basically nobody's touched the guy. And it's probably going to eventually run its course. But I think it's fascinating because if you see a night where you get a very expensive, like a $12,000 Max Scherzer the other night, but you get a 9K uh, Kyle Gibson, Gibson might be the better investment, especially in GPP, because you can allow yourself in those tournaments to pay up for some more offense, especially if there's some really big offensive moments around for to be had in your lineup. So keep an eye on that Gibson trend because it's very under the radar, just like Alex Wood. All right, we're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to ask the important questions and give the correct answers, I think. So don't go anywhere. We're going to go around the diamond. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, welcome back into Diamond Bets each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Matt and Joe, it is now time for the five questions. And I want you all to know that I have been under the impression that my co-host Joe Pizapia pens these questions. But I understand there's a Shakespearean controversy here that our esteemed producer Chris Kofsky has, in fact, penned this week's five questions. So I'm intrigued to see where we go here. Joe, are you ready? I am. Well, Chris was on vacation, okay. so he didn't do anything last week. So I said, well, why don't you go do some questions for us this week and be useful, vacation boy. I know you're doing the draft and all these things go on, but come boy. on. Let's <laughs> let's get uh, Mr. San Diego back in the swing of things and let's put him okay. to work a little bit. So I'm excited for the Kofsky questions this week. So here we go. First one's a good one. I think betters around the globe are going to want to know the answer. I'm sure people in our production truck are intrigued. Joe? Kansas City Royals, their early season success, is it legit and sustainable? Yes or no? 
Well, my dearest Matthew, I gotta say, I remember two handsome uh, men discussing the Royals being a very competitive team, and this was back in, what was it, March, I believe? You and I were talking about this, and hey, maybe the Royals are better than people think. You know, they added Carlos Santana, they still got some players. Now, look, it's helped that Jorge Soler started to hit a little bit. That's finally starting to happen. But I think for the Royals, the story's been the pitching, right? Brady Singer's been pretty good. Danny Duffy's been excellent. And I think yes. when you look at that record, what's so impressive to me about this Royals team is what they've done on the road. They're eight and four on the road, eight and five at home, right? So this is this is a team right now that's getting it done on the road. And that's that's how you get to the top of a division. Now, my concern is do they have the kind of pitching that keeps up with the teams like the Minnesota Twins and like the Chicago White Sox over the long haul. I'm not sure if they do. And the Indians, obviously, if they can figure out things and get right. I mean, Bieber is about as good as it gets. But the problem with the Indians is they are kind of an all or nothing offense. If they're hitting home runs, they're scoring. If they're not, they're not. So I will say this. If the Royals pitchers, especially Danny Duffy, can continue to look like an ace of this staff and you get something out of Singer and out of Minor every night, if they get quality starts or somewhere in that range, I don't think they're going to fall apart. I really don't. I think this team is going to be better than people realize. And I think the problem will be when you get to the all-star break, when a team like the White Sox is just clicking on all cylinders, when everything is right and Giolito's right and Lance Lynn's right. I think part mm. of this record right now is also because you've seen Giolito have some bad starts. You've seen Lance Lynn be on the IL. So the, you know, the White Sox haven't quite been the White Sox. And also no Luis Robert in that lineup too. What happens eventually when he comes mm. back at the end of the year? Fingers crossed. So what do you think about this Royal start? I, I'm I'm not surprised, but I'm definitely impressed. So the question was, is it legit and sustainable? So as far as legit goes, yeah, if you look at the numbers, it's actually working here. I mean, I, I do believe Royals fans would like to see guys like Solaire and Dozier cut down on their strikeouts, and they'd want to see uh, you know diamonds in the rough. Like, like look at what Josh Stoneman has been able to pull off. And if a guy like Jesse Hahn can come on and do what he was brought there to do, all of a sudden this becomes a ragtag, no-name bunch doing it behind the obvious, you know, Sal Perez and Whit Merrifield. And yes, you mentioned Carlos Santana. So yes, it's legit. And uh, it's good because if it isn't sustainable, at least the legitness of it is going to sustain that. Also, if they're so far ahead of everyone else, if Minnesota and Cleveland are having a tough time and Detroit can't find their way, all of a sudden the Royals may be in a conversation at some point. I know that brings smiles to the faces of a lot of people that we want to see smile because <laughs> they do so much for us. All right, let's move on. Second question here. Uh, which struggling team is going to have more success come May? Uh, give me a diamond bet here. A team. Uh, well, first of all, I can't wait for your new hip-hop album, Legitness, to drop because I can't wait for Matt Stryker's Legitness. That is going to be lit, as the kids like to say. Uh, I'll give you a – look, I'll give you a team in, in each league. I think the Reds, once again, have a lot of good pieces. It's just not all working properly. You know, the bullpens let him down. Luis Castillo has been oddly hittable. But Luis Castillo has had stretches like that before. Sonny Gray didn't start the year with the rotation, right? He was working with an injury. I just think that the Reds have a real shot to be much better than they are. And the other team right now, if you look at the standings as we head into May here, the Rays are actually in last place in the American League East. This was a team that was in the World Series within one you know, inning or so away from maybe winning a World Series. And I think we talked so much earlier, Matt, about Blake uh, Snell not being there, about losing Glassnow and what that would mean for this rotation. So 
if as the Rays go on, you start to see maybe Luis Patino start making some starts, you start to see Wander Franco. What's interesting about the Rays is they're not going to be a team that's going to be adding by trade. They're going to be adding from within. So as they start to add from within in May and June, I think this is a team that could turn things around. How about you? Well, actually, I'm sorry, Royals fans. There are three teams in your division that I think are underperforming, and they are the Twins, the Indians, and to a lesser extent, the Tigers. Uh, I do think that the AL Central is going to be a fun place for people to win and sadly lose a lot of their money. Just think about it. Think about the, the parity in the division. Think about the names that are in that division. It, uh, it really just begs the opportunity to win on struggling teams. All right, third question here. Uh, Chris Kosky, our producer, who is good with the commas, folks. He, he was educated well. As a fan, <laughs> comma, is it okay to boo players, <laughs> comma, if they are struggling, question mark? I'm kidding. There isn't a comma after players. I put that in there to make Chris seem some sort of way. But it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a betting question, but it's more of an ethics question. So, Joe, as a fan, do you have the right when you purchase the ticket to express your opinion? Free speech. Boo the players if they're struggling. But think about them. Their parents are watching. They have feelings, too, you know. This is true. I'm going to wait for the semicolon to be used in the next question. Um, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I was in Yankee Stadium when Derek Jeter got booed by Yankee fans, okay? So this is New York. And I know Chris is a Mets fan, so I know this is targeted about the Lindor thing. And I will say this. If you want to take a lesson from a fan base, and this might be one of the few times I'll say something very nice about the Cardinals, take it from the Cardinals fan base. They cheer everybody all the time, no matter what. They believe in supporting. They believe in being positive. And the Cardinals players have responded to that over the years in kind. It really does make a difference. I mean, don't you think a player hates the fact that he's struggling? Don't you think that it eats him up inside? He can't sleep at night? Of course it does. Yes, they're getting paid millions of dollars, and I get all that. But I'm not surprised Lindor's struggling out of the gate. Everybody who signs a big contract struggles out of the gate. Remember Bryce Harper a couple years ago? Hey, Met fans, remember Carlos Beltran where he signed that big contract? It takes a while for these guys to kind of settle in, especially when you're going to a bigger city like New York from somewhere else, okay? Cleveland ain't New York, especially in terms of baseball, especially in terms of fans. It's great fandom in, in, in Cleveland, but it's not the same sort of pressure cooker that New York can be. But I will say this. It's okay to boo. I just don't think it's useful. That's the difference. Yeah, well, it's okay. It's your yeah. choice. It's not it's not helping the player. Correct. Maybe it helps Correct. you because you're frustrated. But if your life is so bad that you want to boo a player on your team for being bad, then you need to check about your life a little bit and see yeah, all the things look, that you're really upset about. Joe, it's self-indulgent if you think about it. I get self-expression, but there's no way that me booing someone is going to allow them to see the break on the slider and pick it up and increase their bat speed. There's, there's just no fundamental gain to it. So if you just want to do it, to be a to be a Kofsky, if you will, then go right ahead. Hey, look at me, I boo you. But as a better, if I have money, I need you to hit that slider. I need you to you know slow up your your whip speed through on the change. And booing isn't going to help that. So is it okay? Yes. Does it do anything for you? No. Knock yourself out. Question number four: Will Christian Yelich bounce back when he returns from the IL? Joe, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Oh my goodness. This is a terrifying question. I hate this question. I hate it with all of my being because back injuries in baseball are a bad combination, especially for look, any sports, a bad combination. We all know back injuries are bad, but for baseball, especially when you got a guy with the torque on his swing that Christian Yelich has, and he has a lot of torque in that swing. All right. This is, I, I start to think about Todd Helton. I start to think about players who started to have back issues. And all of a sudden you saw their careers just dip. 
And it's concerning. And what's more concerning if you're the Brewers, I think, is your lack of building around him properly. You basically kind of assembled this grouping of guys like, you know, okay, Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr. And we're going to play defense and we're going to pitch and that's all fine. But there really isn't another go-to guy. And this is why I keep saying if the Brewers want to compete, the best thing they can do is when they get Yelich back, go get a Trey Mancini. Go get somebody else from another team that you think you could pry away and stick them there in this lineup as something else because I don't think Travis Shaw is enough. I don't think Avisel Garcia is enough. So this is really concerning to me. I got to tell you because you need support in a lineup for Yelich. I know he's been a one-man band there for a couple years. Last year he wasn't healthy. Last year was disappointing. Now we're hurt again. You could tell they sent him for the MRI. They said it was clean, but there was seems to be a little bit of a drag for him coming back. That's not a good sign. I want to be optimistic. I'm the optimistic guy. But Matt, it's hard not to be realistic when we're talking about Christian Yelich. And I think realistically, it's not a good investment. And I'm worried because, you know, I thought the Brewers are going to win this division. And the only right. way they can really win this division is with a healthy Christian Yelich. So I'm hopeful but I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. What's your concern level for Christian Yelich for five more months with a back issue? Look, here's the thing. So uh, I'm staying with my in-laws here in Queens. I have a 15-month-old boy, and I walked four blocks to get pizza. My wife said, take the stroll. I said, no, I'll hold him. Don't worry about it. Four blocks to get pizza, four blocks back. My back has been on fire, and I am a former professional wrestler. I've been in there with The Undertaker. I've been to WrestleMania. I fought John Cena. And folks, let me tell you something. I cannot imagine, granted, I'm in my 40s, trying to hit a slider or trying to pull back on a curveball right now. Christian Yellis is an elite athlete. He's half my age and probably in far better shape. But anyone out there that has ever leaned over to pick something up or just tweak their back, imagine what this is like. And it does not go away quickly. So as far as a bet goes, I'm staying away from it. As far as an overall team bet, you're right. This Brewers team has to build around their MVP that is no longer there. And it brings me to my next question. Speaking of MVPs, you think Jacob deGrom is a legitimate MVP candidate? I say yes. Your thoughts? He is. He absolutely is a legit candidate. In fact, I think he would be the favorite if the Mets were at the top of the East and had a winning record. I think the Mets are a team that are going to eventually hit now. Look, Nimmo and Davis both came out yesterday. That's not good. I think if you look at the Mets roster, they're going to get Carrasco back soon. They're going to get Syndergaard back eventually. And I just think that's going to be enough pitching along with Stroman to be a very good baseball team. And I understand offensively they haven't been, but Conforto's starting to hit a little bit. They will hit. Once Lindor gets going, I think this offense will get going. And it's not surprising at all to me that Lindor has been slow to start. What is surprising to me is that you don't have a baby Bjorn or something like that, right? Don't you, you have the character. Oh, no, we do. No, no, we do. Okay. I am a, um, how, what's the word my, my wife uses? Oh, a Neanderthal. Neanderthal. Yeah, That's I'm what Neanderthal. I was going to say. Yeah. No, we yeah. have the stroller. We have the baby Bjorn. We have the, we have the in-laws. In the and the other. How queen yeah, Absolutely. beautiful. Yes. Hey, hey, no. I got a pizza. I got a baby. What do you want from me? Look at me. Hey, you're walking around. It's almost like you got that Saturday Night Fever, like John Travolta music kind of going around. You know, he's walking down there with no, the pizza in one okay. hand, the kid in the other. He's like, you got the collar up. He's like, hey, hey, oh, and it was cool. raining. It started to rain and on the way back, too. So I had to move at a brisk pace. Did you put the pizza over your head to? I put it over his head and then he didn't like it. And then we both enjoyed just, you know, he had a hood on. It was a fun moment. But to the point is my back is not forgiven me. So think about it. Would you bet on me right now? Probably not. From the neck up, I'm good to you. Neck down. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Look, DeGrom, I think if the Mets make the playoffs right now, DeGrom is an MVP candidate is a very real thing. And I think the if he can keep up anything like this pace, it's going to be amazing. And my favorite tweet of the week was somebody who said Jacob DeGrom is going to have the shortest Hall of Fame speech ever because he has nobody to thank. Oh, just terrible. Poor Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> All right, we come back. We're going to close things out strong. We're going to go to the bullpen and start throwing bullets here. So don't go anywhere. A little three outs before we end the day on Diamond Bits. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets. It's been an amazing Sunday. If you missed anything, remember, each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Joe Pizzapia and myself, Matt Stryker, come your way across all sports grid platforms. A special hello to our friends over at SiriusXM. And be sure to stick around because right after this, betting around the rim comes your way. Seems to be an inordinate amount of handsome bald men on this network, Joe. I'm beginning to feel some sort of way. Well, maybe you'll join us one day. Maybe take that razor and just go for it. I mean, all of that glorious hair. Think of all you could do for locks of love with all of this hair that you've been growing oh, for a year now. Mike, that's right. Now I've guilted him into shaving the head. Join us. One of us. All right, let's do some three outs here before we close out the show. What I'm looking for this week, I'm looking for Andrew Vaughn to heat up. Let's go. Let's go, Andrew Vaughn. This is the pep talk. This is your moment. This is your time to shine. Forget April. Forget Yerman Mercedes. Forget all that noise. It's time for you to take the reins and start playing every day and show Tony LaRusso why you're such a big, important prospect after all. Matt Stryker, what are you looking for this week in Major League Baseball? Ah, as in betting, such as in life, I'm looking for Dodger dogs. Honestly, folks, if you can start to see the Dodgers slipping into even money, or dare I say even the underdog, my goodness, the value there. So keep an eye on that. The, the trend that's been going on in baseball and the betting season so far, it's, it's starting to turn around, Joe. I think it's weird that you can get a regular hot dog in L.A. or a Dodger dog. I don't know what the difference is. I've only had the Dodger oh, dog. Oh, big difference. <laughs> I don't know, but what's in it? I don't know. We'll find out. What's in it for the Brewers with uh, Christian Yelich's back? When does he come back? How healthy he is? This is something I've got my eye on. I'm hoping this little bit of a respite did him some good. I'm concerned about the long haul, but at least short term, getting him back is very important, Matt. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly, and I think getting back on track is important as you move forward into a week. I hope everyone has a winning week, Joe, and I look forward to seeing you right back here on Sunday. Absolutely. It's nice to have the team back together today. We had Sarah and Chris and John and Alex doing great work, as always, for us here on Sports Grid. So like Matt said, stick around for betting around the rim, and uh, that'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Matt Stryker, I'm Joe Pizzapia. We'll see you next time, kids. 